Welcome to the Zen Superman podcast. This episode is for you if you would like to know how it feels and looks like on the other side of not yelling. So if you can imagine that this would work for you, that you could stop yelling at your kids and anybody else really (laughs) one day, what would it feel like then? How would your life be different? Because so often the moms I talk to, they can't even imagine what becomes possible then. So let's talk about it. Hi, I'm Elena Gomez Rodriguez, and I'm a mental fitness coach for busy moms. And this is the first podcast to help you increase your stress resistance so that you can become a Zen supermom and simply do it all while staying calm and happy. Welcome to the Zen Supermom podcast. Hi, this is Elena, your mommy tantrum specialist and the founder of the Zen Supermom system, where we help moms just like you who are loving but so stressed out that they want to stop yelling at their kids so that you can set healthy boundaries and your kids can grow up feeling loved unconditionally. And this is the podcast episode that will be special because it's been one year (laughs) since I started recording this podcast. And I know it exactly to the day because it's the day of my birthday. (laughs) I did the, I recorded the first podcast episode on the day of my 40th birthday. So today, 41, (laughs) hey. So initially I booked off, I blocked my day. I was like, okay, today it's for me. I'm not going to work. I don't want to have any sessions with anybody. (laughs) I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing, free flow, no plans. And then I remembered that it is one year of this podcast and I was thinking like, yeah, well, this is not work. This is fun. Let's do this. (laughs) Let's record the anniversary um, episode. And it's funny. Well, it's not a coincidence, really. I don't believe in coincidences. If you've listened to any, any of my work before, I don't believe in coincidences. For this week, I was planning to take like the bigger picture theme because I can see a pattern The Zen Supermom system, the program that I'm running with my coaches, it's not for everybody and it's not an open enrollment. Like anybody who wants, just come in. Like I'm doing interviews, basically assessments, individual free consultations where I want to meet the moms who are interested in joining us because I want to be sure that we can help them inside. I don't want to waste their time. I don't want to waste our time inside the program. So I want to make sure it's a good fit. But why I'm saying that to you is because one of my questions there to, in order like to assess, are they a good fit? Can we really help them inside is, well, what, what is your dream? What is your goal? So you are here to stop yelling at your kids. So let's imagine in the next two, three months, you stop yelling at your kids. And so then what, what? How is your life going to be different? And most of the moms go blank at this point. They just look up and they either start talking again about, well, I will not yell and there will be like, yeah, no drama. But I'm like, okay, yeah, true. And so let's stop looking at what you don't want, which is yelling, drama, stress. And so what will become possible then? How is it going to feel? And they they have no idea. They go blank. Because they tell me, well, I cannot even imagine. 
I've been yelling all of their lives. <laughs> I've been stressed out all of their life and often even before. Many moms tell me like I was yelling even at my husband even before we became parents. Because it's just my pattern of what happens when I'm not able to handle stress, when I'm not able to handle conflict situations, like when communications go wrong, when he says something bad, when he's not helping me, da, 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 da. So I cannot even imagine my life without this drama of yelling. So this is why I decided to do this podcast episode and I wanted to talk about it because I get it. Me having grown up in a household where there was quite some drama, especially when my when my mom was stressed out, running out of time, and she was so overloaded, overwhelmed with everything. There was a lot of drama. And so then I realized that I was even unconsciously recreating a lot of the drama in my relationships, even before I became a mom as well. So I totally get it. That is like... How can it even be different? Doesn't mean that I'm going to be zen and just telling everybody, yeah, just do whatever. Yeah, I'll be calm. I'll just keep cleaning, cooking, taking care of everything. Everybody, you go take a nap. It's Sunday. You deserve it. You worked hard the full week. Like, what does it mean? (laughs) Where is the balance then? And how does it even work for me to set boundaries and to say what I want without having to force it, without having to push anybody anywhere? Like, they suddenly will start understanding what I need. Like, how is that even working? So let's talk about it, shall we? There are two parts of it. Um, Because if you've been into any of my trainings, spoiler alert, the reason why you cannot stop yelling is because there is something coming back to your childhood. And it is generational pain. It is most likely that your parents taught you to be a good girl. Never be angry, never say no, do as you're told the moment you're told, take care of everything and everybody before you start taking care of yourself because that would be selfish. I could go on and on. It's generational (laughs) because that's what, especially if you're a girl, if you're listening here, that's what girls have with the good girl trauma. The boys, the men, they have a different kind of trauma. They're taught to like toughen up, don't cry, don't show emotions. That's weak. Man up, uh, push through, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like women, they are the soft ones. You need to keep it together and take care of them. You're the head of the family. They have their own, okay? <laughs> so this is not like comparing who has it worse, who had it is better. We all have generational gender (laughs) related trauma usually. And so this is the first place where we go inside the Zen Supermom system. And many of the women who are even considering it, uh, like getting a trauma therapy specific to this generational gender thing, they're wondering, but like, hmm, how is it even going to work? Do I have to blame my parents? And I made a podcast episode that last week. You don't have to blame your parents for anything. It was not their fault even to start with. It goes really, it's a chain. It didn't start with your parents. They might have screwed up a big time, but it didn't start with them. You are not going to forget if you remember what happened, like I do. It seemed like little episodes. I didn't even know it was called a trauma. It's just my mom was yelling when she was stressed out. And I had to do everything perfectly and her way. Otherwise, it was not good enough. And she came and she did it all over again her way, which was the perfect way. 
yeah, perfectionism, hyperachievement, controlling, uh, judging, like criticizing. Yep. Generational developmental trauma. I was even wondering, because I could remember these experiences. And so then I didn't know this was a trauma. And when I started healing it, I was, I was, I didn't know what to, what to expect afterwards. So how does it going to look like when it's healed? So now I can tell you several years later <laughs> how it feels. <laughs> and it's also confirmed by my clients who are now like a couple of months, several months after their own healing. So what usually happens is that you will still remember what happened, but you will not feel any negative emotions about it. If anything, then how I'm feeling about my mom now is just compassion and unconditional love. I know she did the best she could. I feel like she was the victim of her life in a way. And I feel sorry that I didn't learn what I know today in time in order to save her. <laughs> but that's just like my the kid in me who wants to save the mom. <laughs> when you know that your mom is suffering, like I wanted to do anything possible for her, but I just, I couldn't, right? But this is why I'm at peace with it now. Because once you heal it, once you understand what was going on, and once you, it's not only in your head, like a logical understanding, but once you get the help to really heal it and take out the pain from it, this is what becomes possible. Okay. I just feel compassion for my mom. I know she did the best and I'm grateful. And on a day like this, when it's my birthday, more than celebrating me, I feel like this is her celebration <laughs> and this is my gratitude to her. Because, yeah, my dad, it's his, it's thanks to him as well, but he was there for the fun part. <laughs> it's my mom who had to do all the hard work from then on until the rest of her life, mostly. So uh, it is her celebration and that's how I feel about her now. Okay, And I want that for you too. I don't, well, I don't want, I can want or not want what I want. <laughs> I wish, I wish that for you. I wish that you find that place in you that after you get the help you need, actually, because this is not a DIY, I didn't do it by reading books. Once you get the help, once you heal it, this is what's possible. And I wish that you would experience that feeling too, being at peace and feeling love not having any regrets because as I, as I said at the beginning of this episode I don't feel I don't believe there are any coincidences and it's not kind of like fatalistic <laughs> that my life is already prescribed and what is meant to happen it will happen anyways not this way but I believe that the events and the people who I've met including starting with my own parents there is a story being written and I just choose to now consciously keep writing and keep making the best out of it. And this is why I'm now doing what I do. This is kind of like cleaning up my karma and my mom's karma <laughs> from all the yelling and pain that we got and then we started giving it out <laughs> to others, how we started yelling out of our own pain. I'm kind of cleaning that up by helping others by helping you so that you can stop it, you can heal, and then you can 
kind of like make sure that your kids don't have to go through the same and that you are the inspiration for other moms to let them know you're not alone it's not your fault but you can take the responsibility because now you have the ways to get help you have the tools you have the support so let's go and do it you can be the inspiration for other moms to do that okay so that's how i'm turning my pain and my mom's pain into something bigger and into something positive yeah cleaning up my karma <laughs> okay this is what's possible on the side of the trauma and it is possible for you even if you don't remember it goes about 40 up to 50 percent of the moms that i talk to they don't even remember they know from some stories that their parents told them or from their older siblings they remember some instances like how was the general mood at home when they were kids but just like yesterday i spoke to a woman who has her first conscious memories when she was 10 years and older before that earlier than that she has like boom, blank just the stories of of her brother and and parents that's a sign of trauma that goes went even deeper probably that was marking you even more that you felt so uncomfortable with that part of your brain decided to shut it down and block it out so that you wouldn't keep suffering by remembering it okay but we can help you too those generational trauma healing techniques they work because it doesn't work with your brain that has the memory it works with your subconscious mind it works with your nervous system really within your body because your body remembers that's why you still keep healing that's why you still keep feeling pain okay and it it just takes a little bit longer it takes one or two more sessions but then you go on the same track as everybody else and within a few sessions it's it's possible to feel this way as well okay i also wanted to mention because i'm i i started like talking about how many sessions it takes and then uh, some of the moms they get inside the program and they think it's going to go like straight line up which is not the case so i also wanted to adjust the expectations just so that you know what you would be getting into <laughs> if you choose to join us it is up and down roller coaster the tendency is upwards but you will be feeling i don't want to say worse but you will be feeling more sensitive once we start doing this work mm -hmm. especially if you had what i just mentioned that you locked it out and you have no memories once we start connecting the subconscious mind your nervous system back once your body starts remembering how it felt when you were a kid reconnecting from that with that source of your anger today which is there it's not that it's gone because you don't think about it it is still there but once you start making that connection you will be hypersensitive for a couple of days mm -hmm. so we have that experience especially like after first session in the first session you get like a relief and then you notice in the next two days afterwards it goes down and in, that, in those moments, I get panicky emails from the clients like, oh my goodness, what's happening? I'm feeling even worse. I'm crying. It's like, I'm yelling even more. This is not working for me. Please, SOS, help me. What is happening? So then I tell them, and I'm telling you, this is a completely normal reaction. You reconnected 
the pain you've been trying to avoid it's there but in that first session we give you the tool we tell you how to heal it what is the way how you can keep comforting yourself and actually how would i say that it's not the correct expression to say that the pain will go away it's it's really that you will comfort yourself that the adult version of you will make the child in you that got hurt feel safe and loved like you've never felt before so it's not about anything going away it's about giving yourself what you've been missing your entire life and that's powerful because you will feel like you no longer have to go and look for love and reassurance and certainty and confirmation and approval from other people outside of you, including your husband, partner, kids, you will start giving that to yourself. And that's something that most people never even get to for the rest of their lives. This awareness, this capability, this understanding that it's been you. It's been within you the entire time. You just didn't know about it. Okay. So this, and it's so powerful. This is what happens in your first sessions. And it's a practice. Because it took decades for you to get here. To believe that you're not good enough. To believe you're not worthy of love. And you practice that thought and that belief. You practiced looking at the world looking at your life yourself and all your relationships from that perspective so now yes in one session we will reconnect those pieces together we will help you see where it's coming from and give you that way that method so that you can start connecting yourself back no more walls no more filter no more limiting beliefs about i'm not good enough but you start reconnecting who you have been all along which is extremely powerful and loving and peaceful human being once all of that pain is gone. Okay? And it's... This goes actually for this entire podcast episode and all of the podcast episodes. I'm sitting here telling you how it feels on the other side and how it felt for me and for other moms. And it's like you reading a book about how to swim. You'll be asking like, what are the really the movements I need to do with my arms? Like, what is it exactly that method? Like, what is it that I can do to reconnect and like comfort my inner child? And I can tell you and I can give you all the physics and well, well physics for the, the swimming metaphor. <laughs> I can give you all the steps for the, the trauma healing thing. You can go and read books about it. But it's like reading how to swim from a book. You will not know how to really do it and how it feels once you start doing it and how it feels once you learn it, once you get there, once you can swim, until you get in the water. And it's the same with this, with trauma healing. I can tell you here, I can tell you the steps and I'm often doing it in so many podcast episodes. I'm telling you, we did this, this and that with the client. Here I told you, we go and basically save your inner child who believes it's not good enough because of what your parents told you or what happened. It's not going to do 
even a 10% of what aha moments and what realizations and how it will feel to you once you actually go and do it and get that professional help, okay? Because you can be the best brain surgeon in the world, but you cannot do your own brain surgery. It's the same with trauma. You can be the best trauma therapist in the world by reading tons of books and taking courses on how to heal trauma for others. You will not be able to do it for yourself. You cannot do it and heal it at the same time. Make sense? Okay, but I hope this at least gave you a glimpse of what's possible. Because this is where we need to start. Healing the source of the pain. Okay. After the second step is what we do on the mental fitness side, which is like, okay, so the pain is gone. But like nobody gave me the right software. <laughs> like what is the right way to do it? <laughs> so now I don't feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like, yeah, I'm actually okay. I'm at peace and I'm, I'm feeling well. There's no more anger. And I see my kids are not listening because they are too tired. They are hungry. They want to keep playing with Lego for a few more minutes. Okay, but then what is the right way? What is the calm way of still getting done what needs to get done? Of still setting boundaries for the kids? Because like they cannot have just whatever, whenever. They need some structure and certainty in their day. They need to feel in control, understanding, sequence of things. So how do we do that in calm? How do you communicate with your partner in order to... Make sure, and I don't want to say this is, you know, this is why I'm hesitating now, <laughs> just giving you insights in how my brain is processing it right now. Because I don't want to say how to communicate with your partner that you need his help. But that's not correct. Because you're both in it, you're a team. There shouldn't be like, you need help because you cannot do it all. And so he will give you help because he's like the savior and he's like, <laughs> no, it's equal <laughs> i don't want to turn this into a feminist episode but let me find the correct words on how to express what i want to share with you you will find effective way how to communicate your needs let me put it this way okay because you have not been told if you're here yelling at people because something needs to happen and you don't have any other ba any other ways on how to persuade them without punishing bribing or yelling, being angry, making them feel guilty and ashamed, then you need to learn a better, more effective way. Mm -hmm. This is the mental fitness side. And it starts by healing those voices in your head. That part of you, like for example, specific example, I got from my mom, <laughs> it's again generational, I got the same, I got the perfectionist, the controller, hyperachiever is my strongest one. Like the need to achieve, to feel worthy, to prove your place, to be as efficient as possible, otherwise you're not good enough, okay? Uh, then when I became a mom, I got the victim voice in my head, like, poor me, I'm an expatriate, there's nobody to help me, my husband is working crazy hours, seven days a week, like, it's just me and the baby, no help, like, ah, <laughs> victim, <laughs> totally. So many voices in your head that are making you stressed. How do you heal that? 
how to rewire your brain from being stressed and listening to these nasty voices, to that inner critic beating you up. Not good enough. You see, you wanted to be a nice mom. You wanted to be calm and you yelled again today. What a loser. Your kids are going to hate you for the rest of your life. And just like you hate your parents, like, ah, how do you switch from those voices into the space of the calm of creativity and innovation being able to find a way how to connect with your kids even though they do something you don't like how to set those boundaries in calm without yelling so that they get it what needs to happen and they willingly happily do it ideally this is the practice of mental fitness and what's possible on the other side let me start by saying what is not possible it is not possible to expect to be 100% perfect, perfect, like perfection is illusion. It doesn't exist anywhere in nature. If you look at anything, it's never 100%, okay. never. <laughs> so recognizing that this is part of those voices, stressful voices in your head who want to be perfect. Yeah, we are not shooting for perfection. So there will be times, and there are times still for me, when I raise my voice, like yesterday. Uh, my daughter was taking a shower and she intentionally like put the water on me. I had already my nice fluffy warm pyjama because it got so cold here in Paris and it's the only, like, with the hoodie, so cute. And she put water all over me so it was wet. So in the first shock, I raised my voice. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> This is my best pyjama, what I'm going to sleep in if you make it all wet now. So I, go, I got mad, I raised my voice. So. Like, I'm not going to tell you, be a Zen mom. So if your child does something like this, just smile and say, okay. <laughs> it's like, no, I didn't see anything funny about that. So I made myself clear to her. But I, this is the difference, right? It's in exceptional situations like this, I'm definitely not yelling how I used to do every day, all day long, making her feel guilty for me being stressed, making, feeling resentful, like it's your fault, my child, why that I'm yelling and that I'm so mean with you because you're just being crazy and it's your fault that I have so much to do and I don't like being a mom, basically. That's not what I said, but that's what I thought most of the time. So that's what's gone. Okay. This is what becomes possible. I'm not saying you will never yell at your kids again. You might. And that's okay. But then what happens if you yell really out of your stress, then what happens is that you'll be able to catch it immediately. You'll be able to apologize and you'll be able to show them how is it that you de-stress in the moment. Okay. You tell them it was my stress. It's just because I made myself believe that getting this done is more important than being with you or whatever the situation is. And so let me just take a deep breath in and I'll be fine again. Okay. Seeing them talk about you being angry and why is it that you're angry? That you're not angry because of them but because of what you believed in your head. And actually then, once you take a deep breath, understanding it's not true and calming down, that's what they need to see and hear. You do. 
Okay, so that not only they don't feel guilty for you being the way you were, like in a crazy spin, but that they also see the way how to deal with those big emotions because that's what we want to teach them, right? They are getting angry when they don't get what they want immediately. Mm-hmm. So being the role model for showing them how you process your own emotions. Because the goal is here not to have like sunny, shiny, happy people pretending life is great and there is nothing wrong going on and <laughs> life will keep throwing stuff at you. But what do you show your kids about how you handle it? Are you complaining? Are you yelling? Or do you tell them like, yeah, this sucks. What is it? I wanted to use example. Yeah, my daughter, her teacher just left for two days. She's a first grader. Okay, so it's just like a few weeks that she started school, new teacher, a new building, new people, like everything new completely. So we were so happy. Her integration went very well. And suddenly her teacher had to disappear for two days this week because she had a funeral in her family and she doesn't live here in Paris. She had to travel. And so I noticed my first reaction was like anxious. (gasps) Like, oh my goodness, who is it going to be? And they didn't know even. Is it going to be a new replacement teacher? Are they going to separate the kids into different classes? And like the child in me got like (gasps) anxiety. So I caught it immediately and I was like, okay, it's going to be okay. And I talked to my daughter and I flipped it. I flipped the script. I said, okay, well, it sucks. You love your teacher. Like she, she is so in love with her. She adores her. And I said, all right, it sucks. But this is actually an amazing opportunity because you will be, she's in A class. So there was the chance that they would be in B, C or D. The director didn't even know like who would go where. But I said, okay, so what happens if you're in B? Like what would be great about being in B? And she was like, yeah, in B, they have this guy teacher. Like that's the only guy, only male teacher. It's like, that would be great. And he has long hair, a little bun here, and he has glasses. So she's like, he, he looks cool. I was like, yeah, that would be great. Let's get to know him. So if you're in B, this would be fantastic. What if you go to C? What's great about C? She said, yeah, I have Margot, my friend from, she sees her during the breaks. It's like, great. So Margot is there. So if you go to C, fantastic. What if you go to D? What's great about D? And she mentioned like another two friends that are in D. So I said, You see, this is fantastic. It's going to be a surprise day on Monday because you're going to be either in B or C or D and you're going to have fun because there's always somebody you want to be with or you want to meet. So that's great. And in the end, it turned out it was none of this because they managed to find a replacement teacher and it's like some young lady. And so we didn't even know that. And so I was asking her yesterday, because today is Tuesday. So yesterday was Monday, you know, on Monday evening, I was asking her, So like, all right, how did it go? And she told me, wow, we had a replacement teacher. So I said, okay, so great. So you could be still in your class. You could be with your, all of your classmates. And how was she? And she said, yeah, she was great. And she didn't even (laughs) shout at us like our teacher is doing sometimes. She was quieting her voice instead. So she was happy she could meet another teacher. So this is how you can become the coach for your kids then. Once you're able to manage your anxiety and your own 
you can catch your own patterns. What is it that you were struggling with when you were a kid? Because I was super shy introvert. I'm st I still am. Like, I know it doesn't look like now I'm talking to a camera in an empty apartment <laughs> and there are thousands of downloads of this podcast. So I've, I don't even think about it, how many people listen to this. But catching those childhood things that you used to have, not giving it to your kids, having the ability to disconnect from it, kind of like see it for what it was. Like this was me as a child. I'm not that child anymore. I'm an adult. <laughs> I can handle bigger things now. <laughs> uh, bigger, bigger rooms, bigger groups, bigger places. I've done that before. I wouldn't have to feel anxious if I went into her class today. So being able to catch that, catch your own like <gasps> emotion <laughs> from your own childhood and being able to switch to actually empowering your child and helping them think through it in a way that you would have wished that somebody helped you when you were a child with your anxieties, your fears, your sadness, saying it's okay. Even like if she was anxious, I would have told her it's okay to feel uncertain yeah it, and I, as i told like it's it sucks <laughs> i get it you like your teacher it sucks that you cannot have her for two days but this shall pass like everything all of everything in life that comes it has more or less lasting effect sometimes it passes very fast and how is it that you can help your kids get the best out of it no matter what it is right this is why the mental fitness practice is so important because once you learn how to do that in your own life not pretending that everything is great but being able to get the best out of what no matter what comes and then being able to teach that to your kids this is what becomes possible on the other side once you start practicing mental fitness and there is no deadline in this one sorry to break it to you but this is a lifelong practice i still keep catching just like i caught that anxious shy introverted kid in me like oh, you have a your teacher for two days you will go to a different class <laughs> i caught it it's just those little pieces like you will you will be catching it but this is the good news about it i'm able to catch it it doesn't run my life it doesn't spill over into my daughter i don't give her my anxiousness i caught it i took a breath and I was able to see what it was and move back into my adult awareness and help her process through her stuff. I don't get triggered by her experiences anymore like I used to do. Okay, this is what's possible and that's what's possible for you too. And it is a lifelong practice. You'll keep having more and more opportunities. Life will keep throwing stuff at you. Sometimes it will be more tough than what you can carry at the moment and that's okay. But the questions how I keep asking myself is how, what is it that I can still do about this? How is it that I can shift so that it becomes a gift or opportunity or something positive? Just like I told you at the beginning, shifting my mom's and my own pain once upon a time, shifting it into something good. Because you can do that with everything, everything. I just had a client whose husband died, unfortunately. And it was not expected. He was not sick. Like it was. And she was able to shift into this as well. I was following up with her very closely because this is one of the heaviest things that can ever happen to you. The death of a loved one. But she was able to do that. 
even with this heavy one okay it just depends on how strong your practice is really does it match the level of the challenge like yours you can have different stresses different situations throughout your days throughout your weeks if something so heavy suddenly hits is your practice strong enough to match it okay what is the gap between where you are your stress resistance your ability to shift and coach yourself through it basically shift from that stressed out part of the brain still to the one that can focus and can find a way out better way okay where is your strength this is what can and ideally would be practiced <laughs> Because that's the best way how to get ready for the stuff that you cannot anticipate in your life. You cannot anticipate people getting sick, dying, like whatever, wars. Like you have so much stuff around this world today. You have no control over. The only control you have over is your ability to not freak out when that happens. Okay. This is what we are doing inside the Zen program. This is what becomes possible for you on the other side. Want to give this your time and attention. Okay. So let me check if there was anything else that I wanted to share with you today. Because as always, I don't have any notes. <laughs> it's the best. Notes stress me out. I'm sorry. It would stress me out too much. And then it's never as good as when I just let it flow. So let me just check. I think we covered it all. I told you what becomes possible once you clean up your own childhood pain. What becomes possible once you start strengthening your stress resistance and learning, like giving your mind the new software, the building new pathway in your brain to shift from the stress into calm, no matter what's going on around you. And that that's what your life will be. Perfectly imperfect. In peace having more fun and having more energy to spend it on things you love rather than worrying about what it isn't that's the last piece i wanted yes because that's where we are going with it throughout your life you have been told or taught that a certain pieces of you were not acceptable yeah like that not good enough or cannot say no or cannot cry don't be angry you learned that you had to disconnect pieces of you they were not acceptable you cannot be shy have to be extroverted <laughs> this is the final piece and it's the question that i'm being asked sometimes because there are those parts of us who got hurt and then there are those parts of us that we don't like like that inner critic or the perfectionist the controller and i often get asked so what happens then once i manage to get it under control what happens with it then doesn't mean those voices those nasty blah voices in my head do they ever go away and the answer is no they don't but they become more quiet and you learn to see the positive in them as well. Crazy. I started appreciating my judge, my inner critic, because now I understand where it's coming from. It was my survival need to make sure, like I was criticizing myself first to improve enough so that I'm not criticized by my mom or anybody on the outside. 
Yeah. Because that's what I hated. That's what made me feel so bad about myself. I never wanted to feel that way again, if possible. That's why I had also my hyperachiever. Always making sure that I do my absolute like 1000% best so that there's nobody who could come and complain that I didn't do enough. It was protection. It was my survival strategy. So rather than trying to fight these voices in my head and trying to tell them like, no, you're lying, it's not true. and <laughs> I love them. I'm like, yeah, guys, I love you. I know you mean my best. The same with my perfectionist. The same with my victim who was just not able to keep her boundaries. And same with my people pleaser who was not able to say no to others because I just wanted to be good and I wanted everybody to like me and to be nice. It's like, yeah, you're not helping me, you voices in my head, but you're all part of me. And I appreciate you because I know you meant well for me once upon a time, but I have outgrown you and I don't need you anymore. Your job is now done. And I take them, I imagine it like taking them all together and there's no unwanted child in me. There's the girl, if like the me the baby me who used to yell <laughs> there's the baby me who can get angry there's the perfectionist me there's the hyperachiever me there's my uh, cruel brutal judge but all of their voices are now like and i take them as if they were all my kids and i give them a hug and i'm like yeah all of this is me will always be it's part of where i was and part of where i've been and I take them all with me to wherever I'm going next as my kids to take care of them. I don't let them drive my life as they used to do before without me knowing because I was kind of like unconscious taking a nap on the back seat and I let my hyperachiever drive, then I let my victim drive, then I let my judge drive and criticize others and myself beat me up. I don't let them drive anymore because I see them for who they are. They are all kids. <laughs> So I take them in, I give them a hug. Whenever they try to sneak in at the steering wheel, I tell them, na, 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 na. <laughs> you're a kid, come, you go at the back seat. I'm driving, okay? And I take them all on the trip with me. They are not going anywhere. I love them, they are part of me. This feeling of wholeness, all of you is wanted. All of you makes you who you are. This is not about cutting, rejecting, banishing any parts of you. It's the opposite, making it all come together. That's, that's the last thing I wanted to share with you. Yeah, now I remembered. Okay. And again, I can keep telling you about this here for hours and hours, and you will have no idea what I'm talking about until you actually let us help you do it and experience it for yourself. So this is my wish for you. I'm sending you lots of my peace and compassion. And if you don't believe, then you can borrow my belief until you get enough of proof that it will work for you too. I believe we all have the capacity to heal. Our system is set up naturally to be able to heal. Just need a little bit of support with that. And that's where, yeah, I told you, that's why I'm where my karma <laughs> this is, I'm doing. That's, that's what I turn my mission <laughs> from the pain to the 
to giving the opposite of it, to spreading that love and light and helping you with that. Because I believe there's no bigger path in life than doing this, healing yourself for you and for your kids so that it can just stop, stop repeating that pain. It's not necessary. It can be helped. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, which was a little bit different. It was much longer than all the others. So if you're still here with me, it tells me that it spoke to you at some level. So then let me know, send me a message about what you got out of it and, and where you're at on your journey. I appreciate you. Take care.